Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Grab your Bibles. Let's go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 6. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. When you're turning there, if you don't have your Bibles, we have it on the screen. Once again, thank you for coming and worshiping, choosing to worship with us at Riverside Church. We're very humbled. We're very thankful. And uh, we love you all very much. 21st time guests, anyone that's watching for the first time, we truly believe that we have an assignment. We truly believe that God's given you an assignment, which means we have a purpose. And our purpose here is to see you grow spiritually in your relationship with Jesus Christ. How many of you know that there is no end in sight when it comes to knowing Jesus that his love is indefinite. His love is just forever lasting. His mercies are everlasting. His grace is sufficient. And there's so much to be learned about and know about Jesus Christ. Are you ready for the Word of God today? Let's go ahead and let's get started. Continuing the series, First Fruits, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Turn to someone and tell them, don't worry about anything. Everything's going to be okay. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 26, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable or of more value than they? 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Neither they toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30 says, Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today is, and, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all those things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, keep your eyes on today. And if you can stay in the moment and focus on today, then your tomorrow is going to be okay. Now, he's talking about three things here. He's talking about food, he's talking about drink, and he's talking about clothing. Those three things aren't necessarily the topic of discussion today, but God does care about us and provide for us and meets all of our needs. Somebody say amen to that. He does. God cares about us more than the birds of the air. When you walked outside your house this morning, you probably heard them chirping. You probably saw one flying. And to think that God cares more about you 
but yet provides for them. It's a fascinating thought to consider the love of God. God's desires for you to be prosperous in your life in every area, to be, have favor in your life. But the biggest challenge that we face in our lives right now is the thought process. We have to convince ourselves that God loves us, cares about us, and he wants us to be fruitful. So dealing with first fruits, we have to cover this topic because we've learned that the heart has a lot to do with it. What we think about, what we desire, what it is, and how we can get so sidetracked with worry and be anxious about everything, wondering what's going on. I saw a, a little, little skit. Someone had it on their post on social media, and it said, uh, would you like to know how to get rid of fear? And there's a picture of a guy watching television, and the next picture has him clicking it off. And I think that's true. I think that we, we are listening to many voices, many outlets, and we have really not been focusing on Jesus like we need to. So this is the season of a realignment with God, and God wants to use us in this season. So we're going to talk about today the heart, the heart part of putting God first. The heart part of putting God first. Will you bless the service one more time? Will you just say, God, we're open, we're ready. Touch Pastor Bobby. Lord, touch him and anoint him. God, touch our hearts to receive it. God, in Jesus' name, we agree. We agree, dear God. We want you today. We thank you for this moment. We always honor you. We always think about you. Gladly we worship. Freely we worship. And we say thank you for today, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Give God one more hand clap because he's so worthy of it. He's just so worthy. We acknowledge you today, Jesus. And you can be seated. Thank you for being here. Staying focused is one of my personal challenges that I have. I have ADHD. I have ABCD. I have elemental P. I have them all. Whatever it is, I've got it. But I know myself, and I know what it takes for me to get focused. So focusing requires a new uh, habit. Habits need to be uh, obtained intentionally. You have to be intentional about creating new habits. Habits are nothing more than the consistency of a discipline that have transitioned from discipline to pleasure. Something you enjoy, something that you found benefit in. There are some things that we do and work so hard at that when we don't get results, it really leads to being burnt out. When we're burnt out and we constantly are trying and climbing up the wall of success, that proverbial wall that, that says we have to get there before anyone else gets there, sometimes we rush so fast without ever double-checking to make sure it's the right wall. We spend our whole lifetime trying to su succeed and trying to climb, but I think the most important part is, is that we know in our heart that this is God's will. It has never been God's will for us to go through and lack any area of our life, to lack for love, to lack for faith, to lack of, of provision, to lack of prosperity in any area. We believe here at Riverside Church that prosperity is really an uh, issue of stewardship and provision. 
that God would meet all of our needs according to his plans and purpose in our life. So God blesses this church based on our assignment. And our assignment, we have to never forget what we are called to do. That requires focus. It requires you to have your attention and your desires of your heart lined up with God. If you want to see what brings God's favor in your life and how it's obtained, you need to go back to Genesis. When we look at God blessing Adam and Eve and whenever God began to put them in the garden and he gave them free reign, but he gave them an assignment. And the assignment was, Adam, I want you to organize the earth, the area of domain where you're at. Kingdom is made up of two words, and this is what God established in the garden through Adam, a place where God would reign through Adam. It took God to help him name every animal, to organize them, to uh, make sure that the ground was producing correctly. Before it started to rain, God said I, I, he had caused a mist to rise from the ground to water everything in the evening. And then when the morning came, the sun would shine and he would have prosperity there. And, but, but when sin came into his life, that favor, where it was easy before, was diminished. God said, now you're going to have to work by the sweat of your brow. Things will be harder now. And the thorns and the thistles is going to bring spring up and they're going to choke out your crops. But, but you're going to have to t now focus on making sure that your crop grows harder. It's going to be harder. And he said that you're going to have to work by the sweat of your brow again, but he also said you're going to be dealing with serpents now. Now that where there's dry places, he told Satan, you shall eat the dust of the earth all the days of your life. And so uh, that tells me if, if, if he didn't want to deal with the devil, then he needed to keep everything moist. In other words, he had to make sure that if the devil's going to eat dry places, then we have to recognize that when we're dry, that's when we're most vulnerable to the devil, right? But when we allow his presence to be in our life, then, then we're allowing God to, to help us to prosper things in our life, to grow. Adam now had to deal with the concept of working extra hard and now dealing with, with thorns and thistles and now dealing with even the hardship of his wife having to deliver uh, but God gave a promise, and he said, don't worry, there's going to be, uh, you lost something, but you're going to gain something else later. Uh, you may not see it, but from your offspring, this woman's going to give birth to a child, and that child is going to have his heel bruised by, by, by stomping on Satan, the same one who caused you to fall. I'm going to give birth to a child that's going to cause him to fail. And, and so we have this promise that came into play. And when Jesus came into this world, the scripture called him the second Adam. And the second Adam now in our lives has set the tone for a prosperous environment with favor. The biggest challenge for allowing him to be truly king and God and and the one who's in control of our life still is an issue of the mind, the thought process. And so we can look at the similarities between Adam, the first one, and Adam, the second one, Jesus. And then we can look at the, the, the earth and their responsibility and their assignment of having dominion. And then we look at Jesus and what his whole intent was, was to do the will of God and then to have many, many brothers and sisters and 
and then carry out the same mission. But, but where the first Adam fell, the second Adam would prosper and never fall into sin. And he would create an environment in his life that was conducive for God's will to prosper. Again, we've said it a hundred times, but for the sake of learning, we repeat it and say that there wasn't a devil that Jesus couldn't defeat, an illness that he couldn't heal. There wasn't a situation he could not overcome or couldn't. He, he knew the answer to everything because God is everything. And he had, he had the answer. He had the solution. And he lived a prosperous life, but not one that you and I would think concerning prosperity. He didn't have a, his own home, but he had no problem paying for his taxes, and he had no problem feeding the 5,000. He went hungry at times on his mother's side, but on his father's side, the spiritual side, he was able to perform miracles. The duality of who Jesus was is still marvelous, and it still caused us to contemplate, try to figure out that, that miraculous feat of God stepping into the world but the whole purpose was that he came and gave his life so you and I could live an abundant one. Now, we're not saying that we need to blab and grab every single thing and that we need to focus on materialistic things and prosper financially so we could, uh, you know, think in our minds that, you know, just because we have a fat bank account means that we are completely blessed by God. I believe that the blessings of God are proven through material things at times. And I believe the prosperity of God shows in our, in our food, in our drink, in our, in our clothing, just like the scripture says. But that's really not the case. That's really not what we need to focus on. What we really need to focus on is what Jesus said, hey, don't give thought to those things. Because sometimes you can be rich but have no money. Sometimes you can be prosperous and not have the best credit. A system that has been set in place by another government. But in the kingdom of God, he looks at you and says, I don't care what your numbers look like and I do not care what your score is. You are my child and I will never leave you or forsake you. Now, I'm not giving us the freedom and giving us the okay to say, hey, it doesn't matter. You can steward your finances. This isn't even about money today. But I, I'm not simply, I'm not making excuses for us. But more than that, I'm trying to help us understand the point, the root. Why did Jesus say that? Because all that matters in this world is his kingdom and the life after. All that matters is the life to come because this one's very, very short. I'm personally living in a time right now where I, I don't have, my wife and I have no parents. They have passed away already. My children have no grandparents. They have all passed away already. And we're living in this weird moment, I am personally, in my life where I'm thinking, okay, my kids may have kids soon, and I'm going to become that figure that my mom and dad were to my kids. One day I'm going to be grand a granddad or whatever. <laughs> and one day we're not going to be here, and they're going to have their children, and then their children are going to have their children, and then they're going to take our place. Life doesn't stop moving. Life 
is going to have its challenges. But we have a promise from God, a promise of eternal life. Eternal life. Let us not forget the simplicity of the gospel by complicating it, chasing after things. This walk was meant to be simplified, and Jesus kept it simple. He said simply, put God first. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek his desire, his will. Make his desires your desires, and then place your own desires in his hands, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Let me rephrase that. Let me say it again. If you will just take care of his needs, he'll take care of your needs. Put the kingdom first. That's how that works. Take care of God's business. He'll take care of your business. Take care of God's children. He'll take care of your children. Whatever you desire, you have to sow it. And whatever you sow, you will reap. But the challenge is the focus. So we can't worry about tomorrow. We can't worry about the church. You know, as a church, we can't be wondering around and trying to figure out what are we going to do? What's going to happen? What's going to take place? All that matters is Jesus is still our king, right? And the government he has is still in place and that he is alive and he is well. And he said he's given us a promise that no matter what the conditions are in the world, my kingdom never changes. So I've learned that no matter what, the best thing I can do, the best thing I can do for my family, the best thing I can do for you as a church family is to keep Jesus at the center of my life and not think so far, but focus on one day at a time. Because that can become overwhelming. Point number one, and I want you to write this down if you have notes. If you can focus on one day, you can focus and complete a whole year. If you can focus on one day, simply repeat it. What if you only had one day to live for God? Hypothetically speaking, what if you only had one day to focus on the presence of God? How would you plan that one day? How would you look at that one day? If you just focused on one day and forget about Tuesday, Wednesday, even Monday, and right now your goal was to just get through this day. I think that's a lot of our mindset right now. If I can just get through this day, I'm going to be okay. If I made it through this day, I can make it to the next day. So in living for God, I've learned that if I can successfully plan one day, I can repeat it, and it's a continual process. So this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice regardless of how I feel. I will rejoice no matter what I'm thinking. I choose to rejoice then in this day. It's a choice. So there are certain choices that have to be, have to be made. And if you're going to see fruit in your life, you have to first start producing the right kind of fruit in your thinking. That's where fruit comes from, the very core essence of who you are. Listen to this. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, 
Let your requests be made known to God. What is it you're worrying about? What is it you're concerned about? What is it you have to do? You know, we use the word concern as a replacement for fear. It's all the same. How many of you have ever said, I'm not worried, I'm just concerned? It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. And, and it's a habit. But how can you alter that habit? How can you change that habit? Because that one habit of thinking is affecting your spiritual life. It's hard for God to produce good fruit in your life when your ground is all caught up with the cares of this life. That's exactly what those thorns and thistles were. Look at the, look at the parable that Jesus taught. He said there was seed from a sower being planted in the ground. And there was a bird that came and took the seed, and some fell on hard ground, some fell on stony ground, some fell, and there was thorns that came up and choked it. And, and he said, the, this is the cares of this life, the flesh and the cares of this life that chokes it out. So many times we tap out because we've been choked out from the enemy, from anxiety and worry. More than ever, the world needs to see the faith of the church not a worrying church, but the faith of a church, the love of God, the love for souls, the love to see God's kingdom manifest in this world. But Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard. Everyone say guard, if you will. Will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? I see things in pictures, but I just saw I, in this scripture the peace of God guarding your hearts and minds with the shield. I just pictured God's promise, and he said, if I will stay in prayer, supplication. You know what supplication is? Supplication is when you bring a prayer. It's another form of praying, but when you bring a prayer on someone else's behalf. Intercessory prayer goes beyond supplication. I don't know if anyone's ever taught you. Maybe I need to explain that just for a moment. Prayer is simply talking to God. Supplication is simply when you are interceding for someone and you're talking on their behalf to God. But intercessory prayer is when your spirit, soul, and body has completely surrendered to the spirit and he's praying through you on the behalf of what only he knows. That's why the scripture says, and the spirit makes intercession through us with groanings that cannot be uttered. But he said, if you'll stay in that mode, then I'm going to give you something that's going to guard you. No matter what you hear, no matter what you see, no matter what the news stations are getting and pushing out there. And if that's affecting your faith, I got a solution for it. You ready? Right there, baby. Easy. Suck at it. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that means. My aunt used to say it all the time, but anyway, it's funny to me. Suck at it. Turn it off. Why are you causing yourself to listen to all that garbage? 
and, you know, and come into your life and affect your faith. There was a time in my life I didn't have a television in my homes, in my homes. Had more than one house. <laughs> I didn't. I was speaking Spanish, didn't know it, but <laughs> I had no television in the house. Remember that, remember that, baby, when we first got saved? We had no television. We, we, had, a, we had a monitor. We called it a monitor. <laughs> when we first got saved, we were so radical, and we thought, you know, we, we, we just didn't want anything to distract us and disturb us, and we learned a lot of lessons during that time. I got a television in my house now. I think I have about four of them, three. I don't know. I got more than one, that's for sure. But I was at peace more than ever before. My wife and I were talking and said, during that time, I think we went through three presidencies. When everyone was worried, we were like, what are you all worried about? All we were focusing on was Jesus. So now it's not a matter of what we've got. It's a matter of self-control discipline and focus turn to someone and tell them you got to stay focused you can't be distracted if you can focus on one day you can make it through the rest of the week if you then make it through the rest of the week you can make it through the rest of the month the rest of the month the rest of the year and the years to come jesus christ the same yesterday today and forever he is not going to change until we change our habits in other words, he's not going to change anything in our life. He doesn't change. He's waiting for us to change, conform, think differently, get focused. Someone told me one time, you'll, God, you'll have God's attention when he has your attention. Would you like me to repeat that? I'll say it again. You'll have God's attention when he has your attention. He's always listening. He's been there waiting patiently, but we've been distracted. Distracted. Here's the secret to having a productive day, a day that bears fruit, a day that has some returns. The one thing that causes God's people to get frustrated is no fruit. And the one reason why people can't give God first fruit in their life or honor God first with their prosperity is because they lack. And the reason why they lack is because they have days that rob them of their blessing and take up their mind. All it takes is one bad day to mess up your week. But I've learned in God's kingdom, you can have a great mind and a great experience with God and you can be blessed, yet when troubles come, it doesn't affect you. And at the end of the day, you're still singing his praises. You're still praying. You're still worshiping him. You're still putting him first. And whatever happens, it never distracts you. Distractions come into your life to hinder the will of God, and the devil knows it. But here's the secret revealed. Here we go. I've learned if I want to have a good day, I have to have a good night. Number two, your nights determine your day. Remember I said that God in the beginning, when everything was prospering, that in the, in the night season, he would cause a mist to come out of the ground before the sun came out. Have you ever got the desire, maybe on the weekend, maybe on a Friday when 
you got off work, you're home, you're relaxing, and all of a sudden, 10 o'clock at night, something tells you, I got to go to Whataburger. (laughs) Anybody? Nobody? You're liars. You're lying. (laughs) One o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at any time. Then you drove in town, and then you recognized, and you saw that, hey, all these water sprinklers are going off all over these businesses at nighttime. And, and I noticed that people who have these sprinkler systems set them for at least 1 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Why? I'll tell you why. Common sense tells me that if you water your grass at night, that because the sun isn't out, the heat doesn't evaporate and the ground will saturate even more. So by the time the sun comes out, they're already watered. And it's time to get the second source of nutrition, the sun. So you don't want to water during the day when the temperature is high because some of that water is going to evaporate with the heat. It's, it's really the way things work even, even in this world. Like without sprinkler systems, God has established nature He's established the grass still in some places to be watered in the night because of the dew. My point is this, is that it's no different in prayer. It is no different with God. Did you know that your new day actually begins at 12 midnight? That's when the new day begins. It starts off just like the song we sang, day and night, night and day, but it's night and day, day and night. According to the scriptures, there are eight watches according to the Hebrew practices. And in the scripture, watches were referred to as prayer. You ever heard and read the scripture where the hour of the watch had come, the disciples went to the temple in the hour of prayer? That was, they called it a watching hour. They would watch, watch spiritually. It was their time to go pray, and there are eight of them. The two that I really feel that God has designated for us to go into prayer Warring type prayer is 9 to 12 and 12 to 3. They call, everyone knows this, this is common sense. And, and, and if you love praying and you are accustomed to praying, everyone knows that the, the hour of watching from 12 to 3, they call that the witching hour. Because that's when evil forces come out and people that don't believe in God do their cantations and They do their ceremonies and stuff like that at nighttime when you're sleeping. But have you ever recognized that Jesus, when he went alone to spend time with the Father, he did it either late at night or early, early in the morning before the sun came up? There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. See, we've learned that when your nights are filled with God's presence, then you'll go to bed with peace of mind and wake up ready to praise him again. If you go to bed without a touch from God, then you are more susceptible for the enemy to give you dreams and impressions and sow bad seeds in your heart. It's a fact. Have you ever woke up in the morning with that 80s song and like you 
thought to yourself, that wasn't on my playlist. Why did I wake up with that tune and it doesn't leave you in the morning? Okay, nobody, nobody, right? Like the Bee Gees come in, you're like, what in the world? Nobody, okay. I guess not. Cumbia Kings? Oh, my gosh. All the white people said, yeah, and all the Mexicans didn't say a word. Anything? Pastor Bobby, I don't know, man. Are you a real pastor? Yeah, I'm a real pastor. I'm a real pastor with the real life that has the same issues that you face. And I'm up here because God showed me how to overcome them and then teach you. What I'm saying to you is there are times I wake up in the morning, I recognize when those things happen, I did not pray like I should have at night. There's a carryover. There is a carryover. Morning really begins at night, and the enemy really works in the night season. So what does this have to do with first fruits? Your day will be determined by how your, na- how your night is, was spent. The night season, when the sun's not out, is when God requires everything to be watered, to saturate itself. So I understood and I learned that when I get into his presence at night during those hours, when I lay my head to sleep, whether it be 12, 10, or whenever, if I spent time in prayer, while I'm asleep, the Spirit of God has ministered to my spirit. I am filled with his spirit. You see, you wouldn't walk, wake up in the morning and water your grass if you want a green yard just on Monday only. If you're setting the plan for the week, do you do it on Monday only and just forget it the rest of the week? No, it's a consistent thing you have to do. If you have a garden, you have to consistently water the garden because the sun will come out and scorch it, and it needs life and strength. So this is a daily thing. But as a Christian, sometimes we look at the whole week and the whole month and the whole year and say, oh, man, I don't know if I can do this every day. Stop looking beyond the moment and focus on today, only today. And today begins at night. If you want a great morning, have a great experience with God because you'll have dreams that won't torment you because there are some dreams you can't remember. I want to help you with this. This is very, very important for you to prosper spiritually. Very practical, but very effective. Most of the time, the reason why we have bad days, we wake up grumpy, right? You ever woken up grumpy or you you let them sleep? Huh? How many of you have ever woken up grumpy and and you woke up like, I don't know why I'm irritated, I just don't feel good. I don't feel right. Something's bothering me. Sometimes you don't remember the dreams you have, and you'll have things that are vexing your spirit. Like Lot. Lot, he built his tents facing Sodom and Gomorrah, and the scripture says it vexed his righteous soul. Well, many times we allow our thoughts to run rampant, and it vexes our soul. But if you ever prayed at night, and let the Spirit of God saturate your spirit. I've had dreams where I was, something was chasing me. I was facing a demon. But when I spent time in prayer, in my prayer, I've got this prayer language. I've got this authority. I've got, I remember dreams like that. I've got this boldness about me, and it never affects me. And I wake up feeling victorious. 
No one has ever had a bad dream here. Have you ever had a bad, how many of you had a bad dream this week? Raise your hand. Raise your hand for the person that had it and they're afraid to raise it so they'll know you're human just like they are. Help somebody. You got to help a brother out here. Because people need to know that you're human just like them. Not for the excuse to go sin and do what you want to do, but to have proof that you know how to overcome. Because you're here today, that's an overcoming spirit. You're here in church, so these things aren't affecting you and stopping you from growing. But I have felt God in the morning when I woke up, when I had spent time in prayer, and the morning time was meant for you to shine. Point number three, let the sun shine in the morning. See, that moment when you allow the sun, the S-O-N, to shine. See, the S-U-N is a very fervent force. The sun and the excellence of its strength is what the scripture says, shines in darkness. And when the sun shines in darkness, darkness has no other plan. It has to go. It has no option. No more excuses. Nothing can hinder. Nothing can stop light when it moves in the spirit. Nothing. God is full of light all around. The scripture says, in him is light, the wisdom of God, with no variableness of shadow of turning. In other words, it says that no matter what direction God goes, you don't ever see his shadow because there's no darkness in him. He's full of light. God wants us to be full of light. So you've got two phases. you got the night season, then you've got the day. And if we look at ourselves as trees that God wants to prosper and produce fruit, we must have those two elements. What does every plant need to have? Water, sunlight. sunlight. I'm glad I left that other finger up. <laughs> Has to have two things. Got to have two things. Water and light. Water and light. God knows what we need. In the morning, to give that light, it needs to be commanded. Because like the strength of the sun, in relation to the strength of the S-O-N, how many of you have the Son of God abiding inside of you? You know he's with you. you got to believe it. How many of you have Jesus in your life, Jesus in your heart? But the only way to release that is through authority and boldness and faith. And what does that look like? It's called praise, declaration, worship. It's fervently released. Let me give you an example of everything I just said. Can you throw up that slide for me real quick? This is everything I just said. When you allow your night season to be filled with rain, remember we talked about the rainmakers? When you allow rain to be produced in your life, in the morning when you wake up, that should be filled with the first thing, thank you, Jesus, and praise him. Why do you think the scripture says, enter my gates with what? And my courts with what? Okay, why? What is that a, a type of? That's a type of the priesthood. When they entered into the synagogue, when they entered into the tabernacle and through the gate and the rest of the courts, God required them to enter in with the condition called thanksgiving. And with a perspective called praise. In order to be a priest, in order to be approved, this principle applies in our life. I'm going to tell you the first thing I say in the morning. 
thank you, Jesus. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for this day. And I begin to praise him. You're the one who's going to provide for me today. Today. Everyone say today. You got to focus it at one day at a time. Don't think too. It's not, I'm not saying it's bad to plan. Plan according to God's will, but do it one step at a time. Focus on being the best that day by giving the best of your night, and God will meet you there, and you'll wake up fresh without any distractions in your heart and your spirit, without any rocks in your well, without any disturbances in your mind, without any rustling of your flesh. You see, you can't wake up dry because that's the thing that God told the devil in Genesis that you will eat the dry dust of the ground. But he told him, read it. The devil eats and feeds off of your carnality are dry places where the Spirit of God isn't. That's why you have to stay watered. And guess what happens if you don't water and you're dry? And guess what happens when you're asleep? Your body does not know the difference between a dream and what it sees with your eyes when you're asleep. And you wake up with anxiety. I'm trying to help you learn how to produce fruit in your life. You produce anxiety. You wake up antsy. You wake up with an attitude. And you can't figure it out. Then once you have a moment to pause, close your eyes, that dream comes back. And go, what? And the, what? The What? That's in Jesus' name. And some of you, I know, I don't have to prophesy or have a word of knowledge right now. I know some of you have done the same thing I've done. In Jesus' name, I rebuke that. I rebuke that song. I rebuke that thought. I rebuke blah, 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 blah. You know what? Don't go through that. That's not your battle. Give God your night. You'll have a better morning. That's all I'm telling you. So when you start your day, you'll start off strong. You'll start off fresh. Let me give you a scripture for that. Are you ready? And then throw the slide back up there after we're done with this one. Listen to what Judges said. Judges 5 and 31. Thus, let all your enemies perish, O Lord. Here's the, pray. Here's the prayer. O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. Now go back to the slide. What needs to happen in our life is that we go to bed in his presence, but wake up with faith and confidence to let our decree be known. We command our mornings. We speak into our mornings. We fervently declare that day like the sun in its strength. In other words, let the S-O-N sun be released, his words be released over your day because now you have cleared the atmosphere from the night previously to step into an atmosphere that is ready to be taken over. You set the tone for your day, not your feelings, not the devil, not your worries, not your cares. Your faith in God sets the tone for the day. There is power in the words that you speak, but you must wake up every morning declaring the works of God. What you sow, you will reap that day. And if you really want to know how to accomplish the last one walking in favor that produces fruit, look up the word grace in the Greek, and the definition of grace means favor. 
unmerited favor. Unmerited favor cannot be measured unlimited without end. In other words, nothing can hinder the will of God for you that day when you have favor. And what sets the atmosphere for favor? A life without sin and guilt and shame. Because here's what the devil does to us. Here's what the devil does to us. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Because we live, because if you have a God, God conscience, then when something happens in your life that doesn't please God, guilt and shame, those two guys come around and taunt you, and you don't pray like you should, and you don't praise like you should, and you don't believe that you're worthy, and you don't believe that you can because those two things are weighing you down. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore no, now, no. Someone say now. That means today. That means in this moment, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, according who walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but they walk according to the Spirit. When your spirit led, it's because you have properly stewarded stewarded your day one day at a time and your day begins in the night season when you lay down you're prepared there are certain things that you do at night to have a great day you're prepared for that day and you focus on that day then repeat it stay focused throughout the day because here's the here's the good news when you wake up with that kind of boldness, with that kind of faith, with that kind of gratitude, and you start to make your declarations over the day by saying things like this, I, I simply take the word of God and make it palatable to my spirit, if you will, where I can digest it, understand it, so I can speak it. And I say things very plainly, because the scripture says things sometimes very eloquently, and sometimes we're not very eloquent. But we need to simplify it and understand what the scripture is actually saying and just speak the root of it. Like, I am loved by God today. There is no con condemnation in my life. Today, everything I do, God's going to be with me. Today, the scripture says that he never leaves me or forsakes me. Today, I'm going to walk in my job. I'm going to walk into my life. I'm going to meet people and no one can intimidate me because greater is he that's in me than him that's in the world. And over this day, I say that no devil can. Are you ready? This day today, devil, the devil has no authority to outflank me, outmaneuver me, and outtrick me in any way. I'm a step ahead because I dealt with it last night, and I'm waking up to make this declaration. I'm an overcomer today. Nothing's going to hinder me today. This is what Jesus taught the disciples when they said to him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He said, give us this day. Today, our daily bread. Forgive us today, our trespasses. You see, it was all about that day. Jesus was trying to tell them, focus on your day. Don't worry about tomorrow. I've got that taken care of. 
See, I want to give you favor so you can prosper on the assignment. And so you begin to walk in favor. You begin to walk in favor because you have set the condition. This is what Adam and Eve had. They had favorable circumstances in the Garden of Eden, and all they had to do because that allowed them to fulfill God's will, which was take dominion. See, the reason why favor is given to us to prosper us to cancel our debt and for us to walk with gratitude and praise instead of guilt and condemnation is so we can fulfill the will of God and move forward without any hindrances. And you don't have to worry about whether you're going to have enough to do it or have the talent, have the ability. But God says in this time, under this covenant, I just need a willing heart. I just need someone who loves me. I just need somebody who's willing. I just need somebody who wants to obey, someone who will follow after me, seek me with all of their heart. Because if I can find somebody that can allow me to shine in their life, if I can find somebody who knows how to make it rain, if I can find somebody who knows the secret of walking in my will, then then they're going to see the fruit of their labor. They're going to see results because I cannot fail. My plans don't fail. There are no plan Bs. There's only one plan God has, and my plans never fail. It's like God saying, my word never fails because the plan of God is the word of God. And God's plan for you will always prosper. And no matter what comes your way, it can never stop you from shining. It will never hinder your faith from making the declaration. You know what some of you need to adopt right now? A bold voice unashamedly beginning to confess God's promises over your life. Stop listening to the negativity and embracing fear, but rise up as a bold lion and begin to declare to your environment that you will succeed, that you will be blessed, that you will overcome. I wish somebody would get with me right now. That you will be that person that is coming out ahead. God wants to use you to be the example. Here's the definition of God's will. But here's what I want to leave you with. The last thought is this. A life of focus will reap the fruits of God's desire for your life. That's the definition of God's will. The will of God is God's desire for your life. You haven't even begun to see all that God has for you. We haven't seen everything God has for this church. I'm so thankful, Lord Jesus, that even through the pandemic, that you have blessed this church. And I declare, God, over this day today, that the people, when they leave here, that my church family, that those that are listening online, will have a mentality today, God, that they will prioritize their schedules, they will prioritize their plans, and put you in there, and make time for you in it. And if we have the time, God, no matter how tired we get at night after work, no matter how stressed we've been throughout the day, no matter what's happened, God, if we can set the tone for the next day by giving you, God, prayer, our hearts, and letting the Spirit come on us at night. God, before we go to bed, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray today, cause us to find ourselves alone with you in the night season. In the night season, God, just like you were when you went away away from the crowd, when you went away with your away from your disciples, when you went away to seek 
the face of the Father, that we would embrace that same desire, that in the morning, God, we would wake up and seek your face, God, even before the sun comes out, that we would begin to exemplify the Son of God in our life and be bold in our life and walk with pride in our life, being proud to be a Son of God and walk with confidence in our life and walk with faith in our life and walk with life coming out of our mouth and making the declaration that we, we are more, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We are blessed and highly favored. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We're blessed in this city and blessed in the country. We are blessed going in and we're blessed coming out. Lord, change our vocabulary. If you believe this, stand to your feet. Just agree with me right now. Just agree with me if you believe this. Just simply agree with me. Father, just let that faithful spirit, let that spirit of faith come upon us right now. Let the boldness of God step into our hearts. In the name of Jesus today, have your way in our life in this moment. Help us leave here with the mouth full of praise. Let us face things and find the good. Let us always find the good in the circumstances that we face. Let us look at a problem and see it as an opportunity. Let us look, God, at trouble and see the triumph that comes out of it. Lord, let us begin to not just be optimistic, but be faith-filled and be prepared and be aware and be intentional and be focused let our focus become your focus and you said that you give the desires of the heart to them that delight themselves in you so father in the name of jesus let your desire fall on the hungry hearts today let your desire and your will fall and manifest on the hungry hearts as we begin to praise you as we begin to worship you come on let's sing it thank you for listening to today's message if you liked what you heard be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend for more information about who we are visit riversidechurchtx.com